about a month out, you can see what the activities were. And they load all the fitness ones first. And my wife sends me a screenshot one day. It's like, are we on a cruise with only exercise people? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And I don't know how many times Chris has been on the show at this point, but he has been (laughs) on because we love following all of his cruising adventures. So let me start by welcoming Chris back to our show. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me back again. This might be five or six. I I lost track. Yeah. We love having you on, though, because you we live vicariously through you and your concierge experiences. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to set this up as saying we have concierge Chris back on, but he's actually started a new handle on Twitter. Celebrity Chris, I think it is, right? Uh, because <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about his, his uh, it's normally Chris in the concierge lounge, but this time it was Chris aboard the Celebrity Edge. And we were following along his fabulous travels. And Chris was saying... He's going to have a hard time going back to Disney concierge a little bit, it sounds like. So we had to have him on to do the compare and contrast for all of our listeners out there who love to sail concierge. So, Chris, let's start this off. Just uh, remind folks really quick, because we've got a deep back catalog now, so they can they can go back and listen to your cruising experience. But give folks a sense of the number of cruises you've been on, uh, the kinds of Disney sailings you've done, and then w- what's your experience been with Celebrity? So I've been on 16 Disney cruises. 15 of those were concierge before concierge was just a one-bedroom suite with little upgraded perks i've done a couple um carnival cruises a long long time ago one norwegian cruise one royal caribbean cruise this last august and this was actually our first celebrity cruise so so starting off at the celebrity edge that is uh that is quite the way to start with celebrity our last celebrity cruise was aboard maybe the celebrity millennium i think it was yeah we did i think we were on the infinity one time and the millennium one time yeah they do not even compare any longer uh i don't even think those ships would compare to the the magic and the uh, the wonder so um yeah anyway Chris, where did this cruise go? How long was it? Let's get the particulars and the details on your on your celebrity cruise. So this was an Eastern Caribbean sailing that left out of Fort Lauderdale on September 25th as a seven-night cruise. And this was our my 51st birthday and my 26th wedding anniversary, kind of making up for last year. And we originally had a Disney cruise booked. And when Disney wasn't telling us what was going on, I was like, I have to be somewhere. We booked this. And I'll admit, in late July, early August, when Disney started saying what they're doing, the fantasy was going to sail. I had a little FOMO, but I am so glad we ended up on this sailing. It opened up a whole new world to me. Nice. How was it? I'm curious how it was sailing out of Fort Lauderdale, because Disney has announced that uh, they, I think, are going to be homeporting the dream out of Fort Lauderdale moving forward, moving over from Miami. What was it like sailing on a Fort Lauderdale? It, it, it's super easy. We flew into we've we've flown into uh, Fort Lauderdale or Miami airports on different trips to go to Miami. They're all I think it was a 25 minute drive from downtown Miami to Fort Lauderdale. So super easy, modern port. You know, Celebrity has you know they, they must have built it in the last five ten years. I imagine really modern and nice um, port there. So terminal building. It was, it was really super easy actually. Well, the Celebrity Edge. What kind of um, capacity does that ship have? So normal, what they call your double obviously was 2,900, and I think they maxed out 3,900. And our particular sailing had 850 people on it. The week before had 1,400, and the week after us had 1,800. So Oh, so you got lucky in a really, really low numbers. That's interesting. So 3,900, that's less than the fantasy or the dream. That's That's really interesting to me. And it felt... 
just as big as the fantasy of the dream. It felt much larger than the magic and wonder. And it felt just as big to me as the other two ships. So it felt big. And they, I, you know, I think it's, part of it's a newer ship, right? It built in 2018. They use a lot of room for like walkways and stuff where on Royal and the Disney, you know, the Wonder or the Magic or even the Dream Fantasy, where it's kind of a narrow area. This would be a lot bigger area for people to walk like on main deck areas and stuff. I think they sacrifice a lot of room for people to move around easy. Yeah. Well, and you said that's also that the number is based on double occupancy. And that's kind of key because Celebrity is not known for being... Let's. I want to say a family cruise line in the sense that it, there's no, you're not going to find a lot of young kids on Celebrity, so you are going to find a lot of couples. Correct. And and my me and my wife are. I just turned fifty one. She's a couple years behind me. Our age group was kind of like not represented. There was a lot of thirty to forty five year olds and a lot of sixty. 60 to 75-year-olds, we were kind of the unique age group there. And I think there was eight kids total on our sailing. <laughs> four were infants and four were other ages. I, I literally saw two infants because they were in the lounge sometimes. <laughs> and I saw like a six-year-old one day in the elevator. And I talked to his dad for a second and said, he was having the time of his life in the kids club because it was just one-on-one. <laughs> It was just him and the counselors. Yeah. Probably. probably destroy the place every day and then they, they just reset it. That's amazing. The That's dad amazing. said the kid's going to have a hard time because he's grown so attached to the counselors because there's just, Aww. you know, they're like became family to him. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they'll be bored if there's no kids in the club. Like, I mean, I, I know at least on, on Disney, for example, like when they don't have anybody in there, they're just kind of twiddling their thumbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I didn't see the kids club on this ship. I saw the teenage kind of area. It looks super cool. And on, the, on their daily, you know, they didn't have a navigator, their daily planner, which brought to my room every night. The stuff they had for the youth groups looked really interesting. A lot of like STEM stuff, you know, a lot of Xbox stuff. For older kids, they had a lot of cool looking stuff. The teenage one happened to be where you would get off the ship on the, one of the islands, like right by there. So I happened to go by it several times and I picked my head in. And it looked like a really cool, modern, kind of like how they upgraded the edge. It was the edge, I think, on the newer ships when they kind of changed it a little bit of the vibe. I can't remember, but real kind of a modern, like a loft kind of area with a bunch of stuff in it. And, you know, there was like, I saw two counselors and no kids. Yeah. And so I'm just looking at like what's available online. Uh, it's interesting. So the, the fantasy, which is currently the largest ship in Disney's fleet has a double occupancy. So I was wrong. It's 2,500 passenger double occupancy, maximum of 4,000. And the edge starts off at 2,900. So it is, it is already sort of larger from a double occupancy standpoint. So yeah, that's just it's just interesting to me. I didn't realize I thought the edge was sort of more like an Oasis class Royal Caribbean ship, but this is uh it's it's not that big. It's 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 uh a little bit more manageable, it sounds like. And I honestly thought it was more magic size going into this before you know, up until like a couple weeks before. <laughs> yeah, well it says let's see here. The length the length of the fantasy is one thousand one hundred and fifteen feet, call it, and the length of the Edge is a thousand and four, so she is slightly smaller from bow to stern uh, than the fantasy. So yeah, I, I guess I'm not like I ten say, feet. I mean, they're yeah, like but the I guess same. I should say I'm not surprised because celebrity does cater to more of a kind of upscale, intimate experience. That's my that's my take on celebrity. 100%, they're not 100%. they're not Royal Caribbean. They're they're a cut above. And the ship did have a couple more decks because I think Disney tops out at deck twelve or thirteen on the fantasy. Yeah, so this had I think deck fifteen actually. Well, yeah. So let's back up and talk a little bit about the booking process. Chris, just, you know, end to end booking to, you know, embarkation on the ship, you know, getting aboard. 
What were the big differences between Celebrity and Disney? The booking process, I found it online. I was able to do a 24-hour hold just like you can on Disney or whatever. Weird thing, when I first had booked it, my, I had my son in it, and they actually called me and wanted to know if he was vaccinated or not. And I said, actually, I think I'm going to take him off the reservation anyway, blah, blah, blah. So booking it, that was all the same. And just like Disney Concierge, you'll have a shoreside concierge. They have a shoreside concierge person because we sailed in what they call the retreat class. There's the regular rooms, I believe the aqua class, and the retreat class. And the retreat class would be the highest level on the ship. I had a shoreside person reach out to me, I think, in, in uh, early August. And you know they called me and they said, you have 10, 15 minutes. I was like, um, I guess so. They went over so many details, what I wanted. You know, What do we want in our refrigerator? What kind of wine do we want? What kind of hard alcohol? I said, I'd like some Red Bull and some Coke Zero and this and that. They wanted to know if I want a Peloton delivered to the room. What? Are you joking? <laughs> no. So I think there's four suites that, or maybe six suites you can get a Peloton delivered to the room. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Which is amazing for me for at least two reasons. One is that means they're not sitting in the rooms all the time. So they're storing them somewhere on the ship. Maybe they've just got them sitting around in the gym and they'll put one in your room. But the second reason is the internet speed on board is sufficient to support Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's streaming internet you need. <laughs> yeah. So and going to the internet for a second, it was flawless. I was able to get work calls the whole time, talk to my son here at home, do whatever I want on the internet. So that, you know, the internet was perfect. But going back to the shore side, then they wanted, you know, they wanted to know, you know, what our dining plans were. That so she kind of said, well, we want to go, I was thinking of this restaurant. She goes, oh, you don't want to eat there. I'll tell you right now, you're not, it's not that good. You want to eat here. <laughs> and, and I was like, it was the French restaurant. And I was kind of, uh, we had, it was a great meal. And we'll get more into that later. Then they wanted to know what we want embroidered on our pajamas. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're like pajamas to keep? Yes. And she goes, we used to do robes, but people didn't want to take them home because, you know, so bulky. They take and too like, much room. My wife would have loved the robe. So we have these pajamas, and I wish – I don't remember the name of it, but it was some expense. My wife goes, oh, those are really nice there. I forget what they were, right? She knew what they were. I had no idea. Like what brand? Yeah, something that costs like a couple hundred dollars maybe. Yeah, so we have these pajamas. And she went over all everything else, and she said, you know, since you retreat, I'm going to email you a parking pass or put in the window of your your car so you'll get past security in a certain area you go to. With these very detailed instructions, you'll see there's certain pillar and there's a door you go through. I mean, just very thorough going over everything we wanted to do and, and eat on the ship, basically. That's amazing. You mentioned the parking pass, Chris. What was embarkation like? Let's let's go there. Was it was it speedy, like concierge getting onto Disney, or was there anything noticeably different? It was super speedy. So we, since we were retreat class, we got to get there at 1130 instead of 1230. We got there right at 1130. And by 11.45, I was in our room. It was super easy. Had to go up, had to show um, our boarding pass on the phone, our vaccine card. They sent me to the next person into an elevator, went up above. And that, at that point, we were in the retreat, I guess, lounge in the terminal. And it was this four times the size of Disney's concierge lounge, if not five times the size. They, a person came over, greeted us. They wanted to see our passports. They took a quick picture. They you know, they said, you have your boarding pass? Yeah. And then there was a there was a complete bar with like you know whatever drinks you wanted and all these like pastries and little sandwiches. And I was just starting to walk over there, see what they had, and someone said, "Excuse me, you know, Braga family." I'm like, "Yes." And was, a ship's officer said, "I'm going to escort you to your room now. Your room's not ready, but that way you can put your, your passports in the safe and see where your room is at and get your room keys." He took us straight to our room. We stopped and got pictures first. That, 
you know, in boarding pictures. But then we got to our room and there's a little note that said roof not quite ready. I think it didn't have a bedspread, but, you know, he sh- showed us the room. And then on the website, they call it the butler, but uh, it's, it's like a room host. She came in, greeted us and said that she would take over and she showed us how to work stuff in the room. There's a TV that came out of the ceiling and, you know, how the blinds all worked and all that kind of stuff. And she says, if you're, you know, you want to lock your stuff up, leave your stuff here and I'll walk you down to do the um, lifeboat drill, which is basically, I had done it online already, just similar to Disney and Royal Caribbean, but they had to scan our boarding pass or our key, our key card at that point. So we went and did that. And then by 11.50, we were like sitting in the sweet restaurant eating, sitting for lunch. I love, I love, a, I love a speedy onboarding process, and then getting, you know, getting settled in a dining room. <laughs> no, it, it was awesome, and like, you know, I wanted to check out the room because we had that, you know, we talked about the suite later, but we had that crazy suite. You know, it's like when she's like trying to get, you know, just take care of everything, get it done. So it was, it was great. What are the protocols on celebrity right right now, Chris, in terms of you know mass vaccination, all that sort so of stuff? So it was a ninety five percent vaccinated cruise, and as soon as we stepped on the cruise ship, the officer said, "You may remove your mask now." And I said, "Do we need them?" Because you're not going to need them until you get off on an island. Oh, really? Yeah. So there was a garbage can right there. I threw my mask in the garbage can, and we went about our business. And I was talking to someone about the mask and stuff, one of the crew members, and they've been sailing since June 30th, and they've had zero COVID cases on board. Wow. Did they do testing also, or is it just vaccination? Yeah, I left that out. We were vaccinated, and by the time we sailed, we had to test two days before at home, and we used an app. and They mailed us the test, basically, and it took 20 minutes on a laptop. We had our results. So I wish Disney would do that because it was just super easy. You know, the morning of, got up early. I think you have to go to emed or med.com or something, and the live person comes on. They just barcode on the test. They got to show, you know, show it to the camera. You do your test. 15 minutes later, they come back on. You show them the barcode again. They look at your results. You're done. That's so nice. It's just so easy because then you don't have to like mail it in. You don't have no, to. It was, it was, yeah. and it was like 30 bucks or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, and the captain would come on every day and give updates on, it was kind of funny. He'd get on and talk for like 10 minutes, like celebrity birthdays. If your birthday today, you're sharing it with blah, blah, blah. News at home. But he also on the second day said, you know, it's a small ship. So word gets around. We have a crew member that has cold and flu symptoms. They're isolated. They've been tested four times today, three times yesterday. And this went on throughout the cruise. And the person was negative the whole time. But they've kept us updated. And that's when I asked the crew member. And they said, yeah, they've had no COVID cases at all on board. That point of the cruise, it was the most normal vacation we've taken since February of 2020. You know, protocols were in place, but they weren't in your face. There was only 800 people on board. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah, that sounds uh, dreamy to me. And this was just, was this just you and your wife, Chris? I, I can't remember. You said it sounds like you took your son off the room. So it was just the two of you? Yeah, it was just, it was just, my, it was just my wife and I. And what kind of suite did you end up having on board? I seem to recall it being a fairly expansive it's one. It's called the Iconic Suite. So on these new um, Apex class ships, there's two suites all the way forward on deck 12 that kind of start in the center of the ship and wrap around to the side of the ship. And so do you, I mean, are you basically like, Either above or right below the you're bridge, right up, right, then? So we're you're right like, above the bridge. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wow. So you just have the same view as the exactly. captain. Exactly. <laughs> so you know the TV channel where you have the map and the, you know, the view of the camera out the front? You know, I'd be a, a smart ass and tell my wife, oh, look it, that's view same as ours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and, and so what's that, I guess, describe that suite for us, Chris, in terms of what it looks like. So it's 2,500 square feet. <laughs> and that's bigger than yeah, my that's house. Bigger than our house. <laughs> and it, it, this is kind of embarrassing, but we were in the suite for a couple hours before I discovered it had a second bedroom. 
And I, and I knew it had a second bedroom, but we weren't using this. I wasn't thinking about it. And it was, it was kind of like a weird hallway. And I was like, oh, what's on this? And I'm like, oh, the other bedroom. And it was a, <laughs> And we had the port side suite, which was kind of weird because you had to get on the starboard hallway. It kind of reminded me of staying like a Kidani village in, at, you know, Florida, having to walk all the way around to get to the back rooms back there. We had to go on the starboard side and walk all the way to the front and all the curvature of the ship to get to our room because right next to our room was a suite restaurant. So there was no access from the other way. But you'd walk in this room into a huge family room with all these, those curved, not curved, but the two pieces of glass that make a kind of a triangle a little bit, looking straight out, huge family room. And off to the right was the master bedroom with a bathroom. And then straight out was a huge deck that was right above the pilot's area on the ship. You know, they, they had the pop-outs on both sides. So that whole pop-out was our deck. So we're right above that was a deck that had a hot tub. I think there was eight full-size chairs, you know, lounge four, eight full-size lounge chairs, four like small, like just chairs to sit with oversized pillows and stuff, and then one of those like double like cabana type bed things. Wow, I can't, I can't even, Sam. Could you even imagine having our own hot tub off of <laughs> our room? We would never, <laughs> we'd, see, we'd never have to leave. Yeah. Nathan would just be in. We would the just, entire be, time. yeah. I mean, we would just be like sitting on the, yeah. If we would be sitting on the veranda while he was sitting in the hot tub, although he wants to be able. To, watch Funnel Vision while he's in the hot tub. So that's that's the only negative. We had no t- we had no TV out there, but we spent a lot of time on that deck. I'm trying to remember the one time that we sailed, we sailed in Celebrity more than once, but my, when we sailed to the Panama Canal with my parents and they had a penthouse suite. It had like a piano in it or something crazy. A baby grand. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was yeah, one of I, two yeah. on the ship. It sounds like very similar to what you had, only this was at the aft of the ship and not the forward. So they also, so on the Slish ship, they have the iconic suite, a penthouse seat, a royal suite, the Edge Villas, which are super cool, which are two-story, which your your listener, um, Jen, stayed in, and then a, some other smaller ones. But I do know on the, I was looking at Celebrity Sailing for Europe next summer, and they it shows a grand piano like in the royal suite or something still. <laughs> wow. It just, uh, it just sounds so cool. It sounds so cool. And, and plus there was a kitchen. Uh, with a full-size refrigerator. And so that had a separate door. So if they came to bring us food or something, they would bring stuff in the kitchen. We stocked it like when we were in the room. They would like knock and let us know they were there or whatever. Yeah. And then it had two, you know, full bathrooms with, you know, showers and everything. And then the second bedroom. It was way too much space for two of us, but it was, you know, it was kind of making up for last year. So I kind of went all out. And, 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 And because sailing just got started, the price on this room was quite a bit cheaper than it is like the book it next year. But one thing about celebrity, which is kind of I like over Disney. So when if I had just my wife and I or the room holds six, I believe there's a fold out couch. The price is the same. Oh, so they just charge you for two people, basically. Yeah. So the double occupancy is the, is the cost of the room. And you could add all your paying support taxes for the other people. Oh, so you don't even though food and stuff, they're not actually charging you more. No, they're not. Oh, that's very interesting. I'm not I, sure I if it's with the regular that. room, but on the retreat class, that's how it is. Because I actually look and take my family on the celebrity ship next summer. And I was like, I had my wife and I, I'm like, oh, it's this much. Oh, wow. This is not good. And I put the kids in. I was like, oh, the price is the same. Just as it was like, it was like $100 more per taxes. Because D- Disney in the Royal Suite, that's what drives me nuts. When you add the kids to the Royal Suite, it costs more than get the family stateroom that's connecting to it. You spoke for a minute, Chris, about the uh, stateroom host that you had. 
our experience on Celebrity, they, they did have someone they labeled a butler who kind of rolled by at different points in the day to deliver hors d'oeuvres or check in or just sort of bring you whatever you want. They were kind of your interface for the cruise so that you didn't have to deal with guest services if you if you didn't need to. Is that was that your experience on board with the the stateroom host? You Correct. Mentioned? Yeah, they labeled as a butler, but she her business card. She was the host. She was awesome. She had four rooms, and then you had a you know separate person that cleaned the room, and then you had three concierges that were in the lounge. It was a service, 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 service. And as she learned us th- throughout the days, she would you know bring us different more snacks. She saw what I would eat, bring us different stuff. If I needed to change a reservation, if I wanted you know sit somewhere for the show, fixing a spa reservation, whatever. She took care of everything. She had a phone with her at all times. You just dial four digits and she would, good morning. Well, how can I help you? And she, in fact, the first day she's like, where's you, you know, our luggage was there by the time we got to our room. She's like, would you like me to unpack your luggage now? I'm like, I will do it. We, we you know, <laughs> I don't need you to unpack our luggage. <laughs> and she seemed a little taken back. Like most people have her do it. And the same thing on the last day, would you like me to come pack up your luggage? I was like, no, we'll take care of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would be like, uh, have at it. <laughs> you know, and my wife's like, I would have her do it, but there's so many drawers and cabinets. I'd have to go figure out where she put everything. So I might as well just do it and put it where I would be you know, convenient for me. That would be my concern too, Chris. I, I wouldn't know where anything was. And I, I, I don't really want somebody else also unpacking my underwear. Yeah, exactly. Just- my wife did the same thing, right? And our room literally had like, I think it kind of 36 drawers and cabinets. So it's like, <laughs> where is she sticking stuff? And, and, and kind of jumping ahead to disembark real quick. You know, she offered to pack our luggage. I said, no. And she goes, are you going to stick your luggage outside? I said, well, we'll probably just carry it off because by the time, you know, we get back from the dinner show and pack the stuff and I don't know what we're going to need. And she goes, oh, you could just call in the morning up, by, up to 730 and we'll come get your luggage for you. <laughs> that was one of the biggest wins of the whole cruise. It's like yeah, that's really nice because I I have I hate having to put it out by 10. yeah we're we're both dressed by seven thirty. My wife has most of the stuff put away, and she had one small suitcase to put her curling iron or whatever in. And so they took our luggage off for so it was great. And then she came like an hour later and, and escorted us off the ship. That's amazing. Well, let's uh, let's dig into the actual onboard experience a little bit here, Chris. So it looks like from the retreat class, you've got a special sun deck, a special lounge and a special restaurant, which on Disney, you would just get the special lounge. But how did those amenities compare to what you get on Disney Cruise Line? So the, the lounge is very similar, had same type of little finger foods, little desserts, whatever, very similar to Disney there. Um, they had several concierge people in there throughout the day to help you need something. And we also didn't use it much this trip, but just a few times. But the sun deck above there had a pool and it had chairs for miles. It had, you know, around the pool, it had a ton of chairs and those kind of, you know, the double lounge things with a pergola on top, kind of. In the middle of that area is where the the edge villas are. I think there's four on each side or three on each side. And those are two-story. So they all have a back door to come into that area. And that creates a lot of areas like with a couch and some chairs and a table. There had to be 10 areas kind of like if you don't want a kind of quiet area for two or three of you, your friends, family, whatever. There's all these little nook areas where you can just kind of hang out. That was really cool. And and half were in the shade and half had weren't. But the, the area was massive. That's crazy. I mean, did you even then spend any time at the regular pools <laughs> if you have access to that? No, we never spent time at the regular pool. And honestly, we didn't. We were up at that area just a couple times. And never, I never went in that pool. We had our hot tub filled with cold water and we just used it like a plunge pool. 
<laughs> what, what about the, did you try the Luminae restaurant, especially restaurant? Home so food? we ate there the first day for lunch. Outstanding. I had, you know, I, I ordered a hamburger and fries. It was kind of the kind of hamburger like you'd find in, you know, a high-end restaurant you're paying like $25 for. And it was, and it was really good. And then we didn't go back to the restaurant till the last night. But the, the second morning of the cruise, our host comes in. She's like, what do you guys want to do for lunch today? I'm like, well, Luminae had that good hamburger. They have that again today. And she goes, no, they change the menu every day. But what time do you want it? So I ended up getting that hamburger, I think, four times. My wife about ready to kill me. <laughs> Wait, did she bring it to you, like, in your room? Is yes. that? Yeah. And, and she would come set up placemats, you know, and put all the silverware. I'm like, I, I don't need it. This, this, you, know, you don't have to do all this work. And, <laughs> so it was over the top. Yeah. So. I remember my my mother mentioning to our butler on board Celebrity that she really liked the coconut macaroons. And then from that day forward, there was a plate of like a dozen macaroons in the room like every day, regardless of whether they were available on the ship or not. Exactly. And for the first morning for breakfast, I think I ordered eggs and pancakes or something. My wife ordered yogurt and granola or something. The second day, my wife didn't want the yogurt and she ordered an omelet and I ordered some. But she kept bringing – by the fourth day, we were having all of the items. She just bring everything that we ever ordered. (laughs) I think that's what happened to us for breakfast too. If I, my memory serves me, Brian, this is, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago now, 10 and, tw- and maybe 13 years ago now, because we did two celebrity cruises, but the one where we had the butler, um, that was the Panama Canal one. I think that one was like 13 years ago. From my memory, we would have breakfast in Brian's parents' room, which was that Penta suite. We were just in like a regular suite right next door. From my memory, the butler did the same thing. We ordered like a particular breakfast the one day. And then if we ordered something different the next day, he ended up bringing us like both. Yeah. And so, and so she brought the yogurt parfait every day. And my wife, didn't, she didn't care for it. I loved it. So I put it in the refrigerator, eat it every afternoon for a snack. <laughs> they bring us a thing of pastries. So yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> what were the other restaurants available on board, Chris? Because Illuminae is only available to retreat correct. guests, correct? Correct. Illuminae is the retreat guests. And then there was one called, I think it was called Blue, which was for the Aqua class. And then the specialty restaurants, there was the Rooftop Garden Grill, Le Petit Chef, Fine Cut Steakhouse, Eden Restaurant, Raw on Five, and the Ocean View Cafe was the buffet. And then there was the main dining rooms on top of that. I think there was four main dining rooms, which all had kind of, one was called Tuscan something. They all had some kind of a theme to them. That's a lot. And did you get a chance to try all of them? So uh, we did not go to Raw on Five. I'm not a sushi person. And my wife eats it a little bit, but we walked by it so many times and it smelled so fishy. <laughs> if you're not a sushi person, that's probably the right one to see. Yeah. So, and we had outstanding meals at all of them. We went to the steakhouse three times because I'm a steak person. The rooftop grill, we ate there one night as we were leaving St. Thomas. We left like at eight, seven o'clock that night. So it's, you know, you're outside, you have the view of all the island and all the lights as you're pulling out. And it's kind of a, a barbecue type place. Eden is a, it's like a two-story area. It's like a lounge and a restaurant with live music every night. And I know with COVID, it's changed. It used to have like live performers that would come around to your table and stuff. So that wasn't happening, but you're, it's an open kitchen. So you can see them preparing all your meals. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a, a fixed menu, I think it was five courses, and it was outstanding. And, and oddly enough, the chef came out after and started talking to us. He'd been a Palo chef for five years. He'd been on the, the fantasy. Oh, my goodness. That's kind of a cool coincidence. Well, it turned out he, he lived an hour from us growing up. So he's asking us about, he worked at some restaurants at home that we've been to. And it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, neat to meet someone and 
But going back to the, the, the restaurants, the only other restaurant I haven't talked about is called Le Pete Chef, which has a projection show during dinner on your table. Oh, yeah. This is the one I've seen. They have, I think it exists on another cruise line too. Is that right? I don't know. I, I've never seen anything like it. I didn't even know it even happened until we, we got there and we sat down and they kept like, I'd moved the water glass and they kept moving stuff on the table. And as you're sitting there, they had a starter plate there that just had like a, a ring around it of light. And then all of a sudden the room goes dark and this whole show starts and it's two chefs and they're making your, and it goes through um, winter, spring, summer, fall. And they're making, you know, they start by making your starter course and they're, you know, they're talking and, and making it and you know, throwing the stuff like into the bowl that's supposed to be on your table, doing all the stuff. And then the next, when they start the next, then they bring your food out. It looks just like what they made. And then the next course starts and it says like four years later or something. Now that the two chefs have two kids. And then by the next course, the kids are going away to school. And by the last course, the kids come back with their family. And it was just a really cool experience. And there was, but it's the same thing. It was a fixed menu. They only had basically two choices of everything so the show would work. So my wife had one thing that was different. So, with, you know, my, ta- my spot's doing my show and hers is doing hers. That's so cool. You know what? I'm, I'm, I think I'm mixing it up with there's something on one of, one of the other cruise lines has something similar. It's not Le Petit Chef, but it's, that sounds amazing with this. I mean, it's basically uh, projection mapping, yes, exactly, right? Exactly. And, and, and there was there was no kids in there that night, but kids would love this. So I hope Disney uses this technology somewhere because it was really cool. I wonder if that's part of what they're going to be doing on the in the new Marvel I'm restaurant. Hoping. And someone else commented about that. I'm like, that would totally be awesome there. Yeah, I wonder if they're kind of copying the technology, which it would be smart. But if you do, you know, their technology or, you know, you're sort of copying somebody else's technology, but putting Disney IP, right, using the Marvel characters and and a Marvel storyline, like that would just kind of take it to the next level. Yeah, it'd be super cool. I, I mean, I was, that was the one restaurant I wasn't excited about going to. And it was actually one of the best meals and I had a great time. It was very entry level French food. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't crazy. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, <laughs> like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, so she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so So while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new genie technology and everything. Like I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. 
So it's one main dining restaurant, and then are there are the other restaurants upcharges on board? So yes. Um, I sh- so with the retreat class, you get all the upcharge restaurants that are included, all your alcohol is included, and the internet's included. So it is kind of odd that they don't bring you a bill, so you can't. So I, I'd have to ask them, like, can you bring me a bill so I could leave you guys a tip? Oh, interesting. So. How how else would you tip? Is there any other way? No. And so, I, and the first night we went to the steakhouse and my wife wants some, there's some wine she really liked. And she goes, do you mind if I get a bottle of this? And I'll have them save it for the next time we come. I'm like, that's fine. And the person said, I'll have you know, this wine is uh, $10 more than what you normally included. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we got a bill that night and I tipped him. Well, the next night we're at Eden. And we had an awesome waitress, and she at the end of the meal she came over and said, "Can I get your room key?" So I gave her the room key, and I don't think any, I'm not even thinking anything of it. And all of a sudden, she's back with the manager, and the manager goes, "I I apologize. Um, she was not supposed to take your room key. I am so sorry." And he, and it, <laughs> and he looks to her to you know, and she I apologized, and I could tell she was embarrassed. And 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 she was an awesome waitress. I go, actually, can you bring me a, a tag? So I'd like to leave you an extra tip. And so he, and she looks at him like, is that okay? <laughs> and so she comes back with a tag and I gave her a hundred bucks. I mean, I felt so bad for her and she was, she went out of her way to make everything perfect for us. You know, and the restaurant, it was at 25% capacity in the restaurant every night. They're not making the normal what they'd normally make. And then they've been out of work, a lot of them for, you know, a year and oh, a half. Oh yeah. Our, our room hostess told us that she couldn't wait to get back, you know, just struggling at home, but. Yeah, so every night I would leave like a $40, $50 tip. Just, you know, that's what I'd leave them going to a restaurant here at home. So we've talked a lot about food now, Chris. What other activities did you get to experience on board? You know, and what other amenities were there that you got to, to take take advantage of? I know the Edge has the magic carpet, which is very unique to that class of ship on Celebrity. But what else did you experience on board? Um, yeah, so the magic carpet, it's kind of, a, it's more of a gimmick. It's, we went out there one day. You know, it went on the pool deck at the bar. In the evening, it goes down to deck five and extends the sushi restaurant. But it's it, it, it was nothing too exciting. If you like high-end shopping, you you know, the Cartier store, uh, Tiffany, a couple others, you know, we we, we wandered through them. Um, I told my wife, I go, the Cartier store has 36 things for sale. I guarantee you they're really expensive, so we're not going in there. <laughs> it was a pretty good-sized store, but so... A lot of you know high end shopping. They have a casino which is non smoking, really a, a huge casino. So I, I I spent some time in there, won a little bit of money, gave some back, won some again. You know, and they have you know like all any other cruise line, they have you know different game shows. Instead of bingo, they had I just lost what game it was. The game with the suitcases, with the twenty five suitcases. Oh, um, like deal or no deal. Yes, deal no deal, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, that's more fun to watch. Like it's it's more it's more fun audience participation. Correct, and so you know you'd buy the game cards. They would pick someone at random to go up and play, and then you're playing along. You know, and so I think I won a fifty dollar casino credit. And so, they, so every session of that, they would do three of those, and at the end, there's like a bonus thing. Have someone come up, and it was just like spin a prize wheel, and it had it had eight spots, four free cruises, five hundred, two hundred, hundred and fifty. They gave away. I saw three cruises get given away. So those people are happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and besides all the normal, like, you know, game show type stuff, I, I, my wife was bummed because she wanted to go. They had like adult coloring several times, but somehow she missed it. But they also have, if you're into fitness, every half an hour, there's like almost a different fitness thing you can do. Like like what kind of stuff? Yeah. So I'm, so I'm looking, I don't know what day this was, but eight o'clock, there was indoor cycling on the Pelotons. Then there was 
reset breathing in the spa. There was like in the pool, like like exercising in the pool, aqua fit pool fitness. There was yoga challenge something. There was this constantly all these fitness type things. There was you know, like a meet on the walking path. The and they were throughout the day. And it was funny because before the cruise, unlike Disney, you can go on the app with celebrity and start about a month out, you can see what the activities were. And they load all the fitness ones first. And my wife sends me a screenshot one day. It's like, are we on a cruise with only exercise people? <laughs> She's like, where are my lazy people at? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then about a week before, a lot of the other stuff was loaded. But yeah, they had all kinds of fitness, different exercise challenge things, you know, learning different things. I mean, just a lot of stuff. Yes. Here's another. They had, they had a fitness, slow flow yoga, and then cardio boxing. They had fitness, the hit. I don't know what that was. Yeah, high high impact intensity training. Okay, there yeah. you go. So you know what it is. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> they have that for you. All we did was use a jogging path. <laughs> Although the jogging path was apparently pretty cool from what you shared. It's not this is not uh this is not the Disney promenade deck. <laughs> no, it was two stories. And the only time you didn't have a view of the ocean or, or whatever island is when you're going through the rooftop garden. I, I want to hear about the shows. This is one area that Brian hasn't asked you about because this is not his this is not his his favorite thing, but it's you know one of my favorite things on Disney is the shows. And I know that celebrity also has shows and I have but I have no idea because it's been a forever since we were on one of their show one of their ships, what they're like, what the variety is, and are they any good? So I am not a show person. I've been to the Disney shows, and, and, and my wife's been to the point now we don't even go to the shows anymore because we've seen them all, whatever, you know. But being a good sport, then around our anniversary, I told my wife, we'll, we'll try the shows out. We'll go. We went to six of the seven shows and had a great time at all of them. Because I'm not a theater person. I've been to, you know, New York. I've been to a play. It's not my forte. I, I, I could, you know, I could understand, appreciate how awesome they are, especially when they do it on a cruise ship. But just not for me. So they had more variety shows on the ship, and they have their own inner group of entertainers that I think performed three nights that would, um, you know, you know, popular music, acrobat type stuff. But they also had a guy named Kenny James, who was actually from the 70s and early 80s. He was in the group that sang that song, Rock the Boat. He was incredible because he can do any other singer. And he would just you know, be singing. Now I'm doing James Brown. He started doing James Brown. And then. 30 seconds later, he would switch to someone else and you would think you were listening to that person. I've seen, there's a woman like that. She, they call her the woman of a hundred voices or something like that. And we actually, she was on the 11 night Southern Caribbean a couple of years ago as like a specialty performer. Christina, I can't think of her last Bianco. name. Bianco. Thank you, Brian. She has an amazing voice herself when she sings just normally, but then you hear her do all of these other voices and it's incredible. Oh, yeah. He was like, and then something was Stevie Warner. He turned around, he'd put sunglasses on. And he said, I mean, it was like, hope Stevie, goes, hope Stevie never sees this. And the funny thing was, I remember this guy. He was on Star, was it Star Search. So you guys are oh, yeah. years younger than me. Oh, yeah, I remember but, Star Search. But my grandparents used to watch Star Search. And I remember being at their house, and this guy was on there for like 13 weeks. And back then, he kind of looked like Prince. And he, he actually showed a clip of this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I remember this. <laughs> And he was he was great, and you know he had he's performing with their orchestra. And then halfway through the show, he's talking. He starts talking. Goes, you know, 
I've been doing this a long time. And you know, there's screens behind him. And he goes, you know, I, I, my family loves me doing this. And it shows this little kid, like a three-year-old with a, like a play guitar. That's my little boy there. But now he's not so little. I see this guy behind me. And this guy's probably five, eight. His son's like six, six, standing behind him playing the guitar. So then he plays a song with his son, showing clips of like, you know, when the son was, when he was doing other shows and stuff. It was really kind of cool. That's, that's That sounds like a really fun show. No, it was. We had a blast, and then another night was a lady named Charity Lockhart, who was very similar to him. Did all these different songs and stuff. And then the last night of the cruise, they said since we're both here, and they said they would do it, they did a combined show. And it turns out her daughter performed with her too. So they had you know all of them on stage, and like the last song they did was "We Are Family," right? And it was like they nailed it. <laughs> so fun. I felt bad for him because this theater probably holds. 1,200 people, I have no idea. And there was like, you know, 200 of us in there if, if they were lucky. And they also had an illusionist magician guy one night who was who was awesome, too. And he so the, the, the theater had the screens behind it that, you know, were 30 or 40 feet tall. So he was sitting at a table and had a camera right there on his hands as he's doing the trick. And it's like, and you still couldn't catch anything. And then, yeah, he, he was really good. So all the entertainment was, we loved it. We actually got to the point where it's like, hurry up, we're going to be late to the show. We're usually, I'm like, yeah, whatever. They would do two shows a night, seven at nine, so it kind of worked whenever you wanted to eat dinner. What about nightlife, Chris? I think Disney has a pretty contained nightlife experience for the adults on board. What was nightlife like on Celebrity? Were folks knocking off early, or was there a pretty robust nightlife on board? There was a pretty good nightlife. I mean, unfortunately, I'm knocking off early, but <laughs> the latest the latest thing we went to is um, uh, one day my wife's looking at Daily Planner, and she goes, there's an ABBA sing-along. It's at 10 o'clock. And I was like, this, I was like, ugh. But we went to that. It was actually one of the most packed things we went to. And it lasted for like 45 minutes or something. But so that, that was in what they called the club, which was two stories. So the club had something, you know, starting at four in the afternoon to like one in the morning, I think. Just one thing after another, all kinds of stuff going on. And there was a martini bar area. I want to say it was in the atrium, but it's not kind of the atrium area to kind of compare. You know, it's a, it was a three-story area where the, you know, the center was open on the next two stories above it. And there was a big bar in the bottom, and there was always a performer there throughout the day and the evening singing, you know, always live music. Your, where did your cruise stop, Chris? Did it, have, uh, did it have port stops? Yeah, so the first stop was Nassau. And from the time we booked it, and even like in August, Nassau changed where you had to have an excursion to get off, even if you were vaccinated. So we had booked a, to go to some island. I forget where I don't even know where it was at. But then a week before our sailing, they changed it, and we were getting to Nassau at 7 and leaving at 2. So the morning we got there, it's raining, and so I called our host and said, I don't, we're not going to do the excursion. And so that day, we just you know, treated it as a sea day and kind of explored the ship. And then we had a day at sea, and then we had St. Thomas and San Martin. And did you, did you get off in any of the ports? So the other two ports, we didn't do any excursions. We just got off and kind of wandered around. They had just changed their protocols. So like two weeks before the sailing in San Martin, I had booked an excursion because you had to have an excursion to get off the ship. Well, then they changed it. If you're vaccinated, you didn't have to. We were like the first people in some of the stores. We're like, yeah, we've been closed since March of 20. Well, and, and those are like two great ports. I know you've been to both of those on Disney several times. And so actually, I had never been to either of those ports. Oh, really? Wait, you didn't do yeah. Eastern Caribbean? Uh, no, our Eastern Caribbean has been canceled three times now. Oh, my Disney. goodness. And so uh, another cruise, we went to St. John's because St. Thomas, this was like 95 after a hurricane. And I've been to St. Bart's and St. Lucia and some of those other ones. But we had never been to these two particular islands. And St. Thomas, we got off, walked, wandered around, bought some stuff. We were off the ship two, three hours. It was fine. And the next day we get off in St. Martin. 
And I was like, oh my God, St. Thomas is filthy. This, St. Martin was so clean compared to St. Thomas. It was like night and day difference. But yeah, it, you know, we were on the Dutch side of St. Martin. It was spotless, right? And, it, and we just wandered through all the stores, bought some stuff for the kids. And there was a bar right there in, in the center of all the stores that you kind of look at the ship. We sat there like an hour and a half, had a drink because it's a beautiful day. And like we were literally the only two customers at that bar the whole time we were there. Yeah, although St. Thomas is home to my favorite beach in the Caribbean. Yes. Uh, Meg- Megan's Bay. Bay. Yeah. And I know I've heard good things about Megan's Bay. And it's just, it's like, we just were just kind of being lazy. This week, we got the ship like 11 o'clock both days. So no private island, Chris. What was it like skipping, uh, not having a castaway key-like experience or a perfect day at Coco Cay? I, I did miss that. If, if this sailing had Coco Cay, it would have been the best cruise ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll admit I did miss that, but we had we had a great time regardless. Well, we were talking off air, Chris, before the show, and I know that you missed Captain Kate. So for anyone out there, Chris did not get the celebrity captain sighting with Captain Kate. She got off the ship right before you got on. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, she was. A, we got a new captain that week who was great. I don't remember his name, but he was actually really good. He would come talk after the show sometimes and update information. Really made himself available, and you know, and it was pretty funny too. Some of the stuff he said. Well, Chris, anything that we haven't covered that stood out to you that was a big difference for you as between Disney and celebrity, and and, and maybe one question in there as well around you know pricing. You, know, you talked a little bit up front, but in terms of sailing concierge versus sailing in this retreat class, how's the pricing? You don't have to disclose what you paid for the cruise, but I'm just sort of curious, you know, how the pricing compared for you and whether it's, it sounds like you might have found more value in the retreat class. But I'm just I'm curious on the on the anything we didn't cover and, and sort of that pricing value question. So on the pricing, I actually had a fantasy sailing book the week before this one. So I kind of know what the Royal Suite was on that. And so our Royal Suite for the two of us on that, to this iconic suite on this ship, the iconic suite was $3,000 more. And so you, know, you can go online and see it. So the, the, the Royal Suite was 25000 on Disney. The iconic suite, I think, was 28500 which puts it in line, I think, with like the Wish Funnels Tower Suite. Using those numbers, with the food, all upscale dining included, all alcohol included, all tips included, internet included, it was definitely a better value. It's not apples to apples because our room was more than twice the size of the Royal Suite on Disney. But that alone, that alone says something about the value, I think. And so this, you know, this is really, they have a Royal Suite on this ship, which is similar size, doesn't have as nice deck as it did. It's very comparable to the Royal Suite on the Magic class ships. And I want to say for our sailing, it was um, like $15,000 for two people, where on Disney, that would have been like over 20 and included all those amenities. Would you have, you know, let me ask this way, Chris, it was just you and your wife sailing, which I think makes the, I just think it makes it a different kind of calculus here. Let me rewind you for a second and sort of ask the question, if you were sailing with your kids, but when they were younger, do you think you would have uh, found as much value in celebrity as, uh, or, or more value in Disney? I think that's pretty close because obviously Disney has the characters, the kids are going to love the characters. Looking at the stuff that the kid clubs have here, there's a lot of stuff to entertain your kids. One thing about I like about Celebrity and Royal, for that matter, I'm not sure what the age is. I think it's 14, where the kids can go to the specialty restaurants with you. So when we were on the Royal sailing, our, our kids were able to go to the specialty restaurants every night. And so, you know, by the time your kids are 14, it might even be 12, you know if your kids can behave or not and handle it, right? So I wish Disney would kind of open up to that a little bit. Obviously, the entertainment, though, in the evenings, they're not the Broadway-style Disney shows that kids would, you know, 
enjoy as much. So I think a kid would have a great time on either ship. But if they're a Disney fan, I think, you know, they're going to lean towards Disney, obviously. But I think as a 12-year-old to a 18-year-old, I think they'd have a better time on Celebrity. Interesting. Looking at what some of the activities they had for them. And I was almost, we have a Disney sailing for New Year's. I was almost going to swap it to a celebrity sailing that matched our date. And it would stop me was my daughter's 19. Disney has the, you know, the 18 to 20 club or whatever it's called. There's no 19-year-olds on the celebrity sailing, I don't think. And so that kind of maybe put the brakes on it. So I think there's some age groups in there that would really enjoy it. And the parents would have a blast. And I think, you know, the... Your son's seven or eight, I believe. I think, you know, Disney's the place for him right now. You got the funnel vision and watching movies, you know, in in the hot tub. You don't have that. But once he turns 12, I think he would really enjoy a celebrity sailing. Well, you're certainly piquing my interest. I will say that. Uh, and the last time that happened, I went out and booked a cruise on Royal Caribbean immediately following. And, uh, you know, I've got the celebrity website sitting right in front of me right now as we talk about your celebrity cruise. Chris, it sounds like a fabulous sailing. I think it's time for us to switch over to our favorite part of the show for Sam, which is rapid fire. But we are going to go back to a little slugfest here between Disney Cruise Line and Celebrity. And I'm a little worried Disney is going to get down for the 10 count here. But um, Sam, should we head over to a, a versus round all right chris this is head-to-head disney versus celebrity so let's start with booking process which who does it better disney or celebrity it's a tie it's a tie it's they're both pretty seamless and easy if you call if you do it on the website it was the same there okay in the second category onboard technology who is doing it better Celebrity. Did they have beyond Wi-Fi, Chris? I'm curious because like Princess has Princess medallions. I mean, were you using, was there more onboard tech kind of infused into the experience on Celebrity? And and, and let me caveat, I haven't been on Disney sailing since the restart, but the Celebrity app has seems to more functionality. This is the fact that two weeks before the cruise, my wife's like, what are all these fitness things? Where's the bingo and the, you know, drink tasting or whatever kind of stuff. So the app had a lot more functionality to me. It's nice that you could see this stuff ahead of time. I mean, that's, Disney's app has gotten a lot better, I would say, and you can see all the activities now and you can even sort of like click on them to find out what they are, but you can't see them ahead of time. Yeah, Yeah. you can't see them in advance. That's huge. Yeah. And, you know, going into this cruise two weeks before, you know, the the fantasy is now sailing and I'm like, what did I do? Right. (laughs) But then my wife's pulling up the app and going, oh, look at this. And then I started looking at the app. It got me such more, so much more excited to even go on the cruise, just playing around with the app and actually be able to see stuff. All right. And the next category, water activities slash pools. And I should say water activities because we all know about the aqueduct and aquadunk and twist and spouts, water slides. So I'm, I'm talking pool decks. Who's doing it better? Disney or celebrity? Well, for adult celebrity, for kids, it's going to be Disney. The pool had a big main pool. They had like a screen up there too. They weren't showing Disney movies. They actually weren't even showing movies. I think it was more like videos, made music videos and the, you know, the retreat pool area. But there was no, I don't even remember seeing a splash zone for kids. Concierge lounge. So I know it's, they don't call it the concierge lounge on celebrity, but you know what I'm talking about. Correct. It's pretty similar to Disney, so I'm hoping the Wish takes it up a notch. It was bigger than most of the Disney lounges, but there's, I think, Disney usually has about 40 to 48 concierge rooms. This ship, I believe, had 75, but it was also more than twice the size of the Disney ones. It had similar, you know, being a treat rest, alcohol was served all day on Disney. They have happy hour two times in the evening. This, you can go get a drink whenever you wanted. All right, so I guess Celebrity's taking that one. 
Okay, shows. Again, I'm, you know, kind of over the Broadway shows. Not a huge fan of them. I enjoyed Celebrities Entertainment over Disney's. But, you know, if you're like Disney shows and if you're a Broadway fan, I think Disney has more of the Broadway shows where celebrities just kind of more the adult-centered entertainment. All right. What about activities. So onboard activities I'm talking about. So these are things like, obviously you did the deal or no deal and bingo and origami, towel folding, all that kind of stuff. I think they're very similar. I think it's probably a tie. I think Disney has more, you know, centered towards some kids type stuff, but the youth stuff on this ship, you know, they have like, I'm trying to look at that Xbox dance party, Xbox playtime, puzzle challenge, they had a, a kid's movie area thing. They had a Jenga stat competition. They, uh, they had STEM things for kids, water coloring for kids. So they had a, a lot of stuff. But I think if you're a Disney kid, you kind of lean towards Disney. All right. I have just a couple more categories. I think these are probably, in my mind, these are like the two most important categories. We'll start with service. Who is doing service better? I give celebrity just a slight edge. And I think that also can be attributed to there's only 800 people on the ship. Hard to, you know, I I want to be fair, but, you know, the concierge lounge always was staffed with three people or Disney. Sometimes it's only one because they they have to take breaks and stuff. But having our host, that was an extra layer of service that having that room host. And she only had four rooms. So she was just right on top of it. But Disney is always taking care of our needs, too. But I'm giving celebrity just a small edge. So my last category, and then I have a final question, is food. I mean, I think food is probably number one of importance when you're talking about cruising. Celebrity, hands down. And I'm hoping the Wish has a, a few more options. And you guys know I love Palo, but every specialty restaurant was just as good as Palo. The food on the pool deck compares to Disney, just with regular hamburgers and hot dogs. That's kind of the same. Room service for the sweet guests comes from the sweet restaurant. So it's always made made the order for you, and it's fresh and hot. And the buffet on Celebrity was actually my, one of my biggest surprises of the sailing. The place is huge, and it has Indian food, Chinese food, Mexican food, a salad station, a carved meat station, a sandwich station, a hamburger station, a pizza station, a bakery section, and I'm probably missing a few, and the food was really good. My last question is, Chris, are you a convert now? Have you, what I mean by that is... Will we ever see you aboard Disney again? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it really sounds, from talking to you, I know you, you really enjoyed your Royal Caribbean cruise a couple months ago, but I am not, I did not hear the same level of enthusiasm for Royal, even though I think you really liked Royal, but I, I'm hearing a different sense of enthusiasm coming from you from this celebrity experience. Are, are you, are you changing? As huge Disney Cruise Line fans, I wanted to hate Celebrity, but it turns out we actually loved it. So it's actually nice to have another option for when we want to go cruising. We're definitely not going to go cold turkey and quit cruising Disney Cruise Line. We have, I think, 10 cruises over the next 18 months. And I just booked a tower suite the other day for a spring of 2023. I also booked Celebrity for Panama Canal Cruise in February of 2023 and Australia for February of 2024. So we'll still be on Disney quite a bit. But we'll also be exploring other parts of the world on Celebrity. Well, Chris, as always, it's been great having you on the show. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear you might be a convert over to Celebrity. I do think that they are providing a pretty high-end product. And it may be, I'm sure there are people yelling at their radios out there right now who are saying it's totally unfair to compare to Disney and Celebrity because I think Celebrity is a kind of a next layer of cruise line in terms of its... Uh, 
its audience and its price point and services and those sorts of things. So it may be a little unfair to do the comparison here, but I am sure that Disney will be sad to see you go <laughs> if you choose to cruise with Celebrity or Royal more often. Uh, but we are excited to follow along your adventures and hear even more about some of these other cruise lines we like to say on our show. Get out there, compare. Uh, you might find something out there that you like a little bit better than Disney or you know, Disney's not always the ones doing it the best. And so um, great to uh, great to have you on. Thanks for once again having me on the show, guys. It was fun being here today recording. Hopefully we'll get to talk again after my next big adventure. Well, lest you think that we were somehow holding Chris hostage, and that's why there was a little bit of a sound change there at the end, and we were holding up cue cards for him. No, Chris had an internet issue at the end of the episode and was kind enough to record some snippets in response to our questions and send them to us after the fact. So that part of the show was recorded later and uh, on a different set of equipment. So uh, it just sounds a little different, but we loved having Chris on. We loved hearing about his experience on the Celebrity Edge and uh, can't wait to have him back because he's got great cruising experience and uh, he is out there trying new things and we just, we love to have him on to, uh, to talk about all of his fabulous adventures. So with that, we do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from Mark Iceman, who writes, Consistently good DCL podcast. As an avid Disney cruiser, I really appreciate this show's consistent approach to providing detailed reviews and updated news that make your vacation that much more fun. Especially with the relaunch of cruising in 2021, the show has done a great job of providing multiple first-hand accounts of vacationers' experiences. Well, thank you, Mark, for that review. We really, really appreciate it, and we have tried hard as cruising has restarted to get people with some new stories to tell on the show. So glad you're enjoying that. For any of our listeners out there, if you are traveling on Disney Cruise Line or any cruise line coming up, let us know. We'd love to have you on to hear about the experience. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading them on the air each week and connecting with our listeners. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers or head over to touringplans.com slash travel and make sure you let them know that DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and annoy reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.